Hola, amigos, and welcome to the Add to Houston Admigos podcast, a podcast for young professionals in the marketing and advertising industry who are learning to navigate their early careers. I am Guido Falconi, President of Add to Houston, joined today by my co-host. I'm Brittany Lemoyne, and I'm on the Add to Houston board. And as always, we are here with our producer, Jacob D'Antone. Hello, from across the room. <laughs> today on the show, we have Tom Woody. Tom Woody is a an incredible person. Uh, you wouldn't believe just how much stuff this man has done. He has been uh, Add to President, AAF President, AAF Governor, and honestly, I do not know when he gets any time to rest, but I very much appreciate all the work he does. Hello, Tom. Hello, and I'll, I'll correct you quickly. I've never been an Add to President because I don't have an Add to in my area, but if I did, I would have been. Right. So <laughs> I'm happy to be on the show today. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for welcoming us. And you know what? Maybe uh, we'll go ahead and try to get one started in Des Moines. Get another two club over there. We'll send. I'll send some of my best people. I'll send Brittany over there. Terrific. <laughs> um, yeah, so can you uh, introduce yourself and also tell us how you did become involved with AF and Add2? Yeah, so uh, my name's Tom Woody. I work in events at Freeman and uh, have been for the past 10 years working in the advertising, marketing, and sales uh, areas. And I got started in with AAF. It came with a, a job change, actually. I went to uh, a new company, Screenscape Studios, and had an opportunity to find some more networking uh, events to attend. And I had a coworker on the sales side that kind of worked on the AMA and you know, NAMA boards and you know, was kind of involved in that. So I wanted to you know, find my own route, and I happened upon the American Advertising Federation. And I sat down with our executive director at the time. She kind of ran me through all the things that the board did and, and the club was doing that year. And uh, there was an open position for a government relations role, which is kind of a hobby of mine. I like to say I lobby for a hobby. So that piqued my interest. And I got started in on that about five or six years ago now. So it's been a fun time. And of course, I've, you know, as Guido had mentioned, I've gotten involved in a, a few other things. And uh, Add2 has become one of my side passions within AAF. Yeah, I mean, I cannot think of a single national Add2 event in which you were in present. Uh, and it's always such a fun time to hang out with you. Um, but so before, you know, um, before we move on, I also want to ask you, um, you have been involved with um, the American Advertising Federation in that too for a really long time in a variety of roles, right? And you kind of touched on it a little bit already, but what drove you to get involved in these roles? Uh, you know, what, what was the, uh, the benefit that you saw on them? And, you know, why did you decide to continue with it? Yeah, so, you know, on the local side, I, I mentioned I got involved with the uh, AAF board in a government relations capacity, so I, I really had a lot of fun with that. Got to go to D.C. a couple of times through that experience, and then, you know, as I was working through the first year or two on the board, I, I recognized uh, that AAF National was moving towards a, a huge push for diversity and equity and inclusion, and so... I recognized a void in that, and though I'm not the best representative of diversity, um, just in in my skin tone and my place, I I did see a value. So I um, I started to try to get our club to at least just have some events and conversations, which 
uh, went well, then uh, there was an opportunity uh, where I was called on to uh, run for the presidency. So I took over as president of AAF, and uh, again, diversity was uh, another big push. Uh, we brought in our first diversity chair in a few years, and um, we're able to run with that. Um, I was a president for a year and then uh, moved into a, a role on the district board. Um, there was a, a request that came through to assist with their national student advertising competition, which of course went virtual, but uh, I've moved through lieutenant governor and NSAC chair. Um, now I'm currently the uh, chair of the board and we'll see where, uh, where things take me next within the AF. And, you know, I think it's kind of important to have those like organizations to kind of build on your career and stuff. So that's kind of um, pretty cool about it too. And in your career, you know, you've been involved in sales for a long time. When did you realize that was the area that you wanted to focus on in sales? So uh, I, I love these conversations because <laughs> I've, I've sat on uh, different panels and, and heard from different peers. And it's often the answer is n not really did I think I was going to get into advertising or into copywriting or into sales uh, or whatever role it is. So I know that I'm not alone in this. Uh, I actually went to school to be a PE teacher. Wow. And, <laughs> I can see it. Uh, when I, I decided to move into sales was when I decided I didn't want to be a PE teacher anymore. <laughs> um, so I I have a, a background. My, my father has been in uh, the advertising business for something like 35 years now, um, started in ad sales. Now he has his own small marketing and advertising agency. So I kind of consulted him. I said, what, what do you think? And he goes, well, I know that there's a position open in ad sales at the uh, local ABC affiliate, WOI. And I said, sure, let me, uh, let me look into that. I called, I got a, an interview set up and that got me kind of launched in. It was as sales is, it's you got to cut your teeth on something. And it was a, a gritty first job, you know, 100% commission, but, uh, you know, took the risk and had a lot of great experiences with it and, you know, have since used that as a, a stepping stone to to grow in, in my career. And it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, that's, uh, that's quite a leap of faith. But, I mean, you know, if you have it, you have it. That's awesome. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times we, in the industry, I think, at least from what I've heard, we kind of just fall into certain roles. Um, you know, now myself, I do a lot of like event planning and uh, for corporate events and that kind of stuff. And that's not what I study. <laughs> you know, I study advertising as a whole, but sometimes you kind of fall into a role and you do well and you like it and you're like, oh, I guess this is what I do now. And, you know, I think it's great. It's just, you just never know what's going to happen, right? Yeah, well, it, it's also a great opportunity, you know, to to find out what your passions are. You know, there's, yes. I've certainly had plenty of stumbles through my career, um, but I've I've had some great opportunities to, you know, refine what I am and and what I'm doing. And you know, it, it goes beyond just sales. Um, I, I recognize very quickly that marketing is a huge part of sales. You've got to have that support system there. Yes. Um, yes. So I, I got into marketing because I've, like I mentioned, I've learned from my father on a, a number of things. I've learned, you know, even through some of my own professional development and other courses that, you know, that's a, a passion that I've 
gotten to choose and, and pursue a little bit further. You know, when I was running a, a sales uh, effort at Screenscape Studios, it was, we don't have a marketing department, so you're the one that's doing our marketing. And I got more into social media and running our you know email campaigns as well because it all went to help support the sales effort. And now that I'm at Freeman, which is a much larger company, you know, we've got great sales teams and we've got great marketers, and it's now how do we work together? And I always love the opportunity to get you know once or twice a month together with my my marketing folks and say, hey, here's what I'm hearing on on the streets, if you will, and here are you know some things that I would like to see marketing supporting more, and they appreciate being brought into the you know issues that clients are having or you know things that we should be talking about. And so it's been a really awesome time to to be able to work with a lot of those great folks and Freeman's hiring for <laughs> a lot of those roles. So shameless plug to our, uh, our marketing and, and our recruitment offices, but that's awesome. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I want to focus a little bit on your, uh, what you do, right? Because your title, if I remember correctly, is business development manager. Can you explain a little bit of what that position entails for anyone who may not be familiar with, uh, with it? Yeah. So business development managers is just sales guy. Um, it, it's working with clients. It's calling on, on businesses and, you know, really we're, we're problem solvers. Uh, at Freeman, we take on the impossible. That's usually led by a sales guy saying, yeah, sure, we can do that. Luckily, we have a lot of great delivery folks behind us that, that back that up and make the you know, magic actually happen. But we work, you know, in our, our sales roles, our, our business dev roles, is to understand what the clients need is, what they're looking for, and what we can do to help them. Um, so I work to you know, build that relationship with them. I work to understand those pains and then work to you know, find those solutions and, and come up with, you know, budgets that fit their their goal. And if they aren't so sure what they're they're looking for. I, I help them ideate that process and what they can do. Uh, and if I come back and I'm too expensive, I I work to say, well, what can we do to to right size your idea or your need to fit this this proposal? And sometimes that that works. Sometimes you know they choose to go a different way. So it's a lot of rejection. But you know when it actually comes to fruition, it's really great to be able to hear from a client that says, you guys did absolutely nothing wrong. You guys were perfect. If anything, <laughs> I need to be better at getting information and, and stuff to you, which is a very rare occurrence in the client world. But uh, it's so good to see them, you know, so thankful and so happy that, that things are, you know, able to go well. We're able to alleviate yeah. any of their stresses because stresses run, run high in events, as I'm sure you know. So, uh, we like to be able to have that support system and, you know, flawlessly deliver on our execution. Yeah. So, you know, in trying to successfully deliver, you know, in event planning or in working with the client, you know, having those close relationships, I'm sure that was impacted some with the pandemic. So, you know, how did the pandemic affect it uh, versus how is the, how are things now? Yeah. So that, uh, that's always a loaded question. Yeah, <laughs> it, I'm it, sure. It affected us. Uh, it affected us drastically. We're a 95 year old company, and the biggest impact 
that we could compare this to was World War II, where events stopped happening entirely. Luckily, through technology, we have a lot of great advantages nowadays. And you know, it was a, a huge shift to virtual. And you know, as I, I mentioned earlier, we, we're a pretty large employer, which is terrific. But when all events stopped, we became a much smaller employer. Um, we had to you know, make leadership had to make some really tough decisions, and we we did furlough and let go a number of uh, of positions across the country, and that was tough. Um, I was one that stuck around because my background in in video and uh, and digital, but it became difficult because we we lost a lot of great people, which we've brought a ton of those people back, but when we lost those people you know, during the short period of time that felt like ages, uh, the demand didn't stop. The demand actually increased because all of our clients were wondering, what do we do now? We've never had to do a virtual event. You know, some of them were uh, a bit adverse to the idea of streaming an event prior to the pandemic because it would cannibalize their audience. Now, what they found since is that it actually extends their audience. Some say, we're never going to go back to a fully in-person event ever again. We're always going to have this, and we're seeing that as a trend. But it was a, a struggle trying to educate these people because everybody, you know, like I mentioned, we we solve you know people's pains. Everybody had a lot of pains and a lot of confusion. So we had to bring people up to speed pretty quickly. I mean, we had to put some some of our virtual events together and just a week or two, um, which is not an easy feat, uh, especially when you're trying to educate along the way. So we were, you know, trying to change the tire on the buses. We were going down the highway at 75, which is not, you know, always the easiest feat, but we were able to make it through. Um, (laughs) There were a lot of learning opportunities, both within our company and, and within our clients. And it was, again, just a great opportunity to talk through uh, with our clients and sometimes with our own people about what we do in the virtual space and how you can, you know, we're we're in advertising and marketing, right? So we're talking about how people are engaging and what's that user experience looking like. So that was a lot of the conversations I would have with these people saying, I don't know what to do. Can you help me? And I say, yeah, this is nothing you know, different than your in-person event. What do you want them to walk away from? What do you want to, you know, have them experience? And we understand that content is consumed differently. Uh, So how are you going to relay that? It's no longer we can have 100, you know, sessions in a week because people aren't going to be engaged with that. People are still going to have their jobs that they're working. So it uh, it was a bit different, but we're seeing some great success um, coming back. I was just having uh, conversations on a site visit in Las Vegas last week with a, a client that they're very excited and thrilled to see things coming back. And we've got to do things differently um, in person for them as well. So it's been great. Uh, we've got some of our large conferences that are coming back, uh, very healthy. And, you know, from an attendee standpoint, we're seeing that you know, these business events have a 80% vaccination rate or or more depending on the industry and 
we're seeing that being a, a very good trend for events to continue moving forward. So I, I hope that we're, we're through some of this. There's some, some bumps uh, still on the road, but it's, uh, it's looking very good. Yeah, no, that, that's very interesting that what you said about uh, people wanting to stay virtual. Uh, you know, in my job, I do at least two webinars a week for our clients uh, and prospects. So we definitely have taken advantage of that. It's a very, these virtual events are a very great way to engage your audience without asking for too much of a, uh, of a buy-in from them, right? Because a, a lot of times you can make them free if you want. Uh, and people don't have to travel, right, to get there. They just sit at their computer for an hour or two, whatever, uh, and listen to you and uh, definitely can see why that has become so, uh, so popular in this, in this time. And I think it's going to continue. I think you're right. Yeah, no, it's 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 great to great to see events happening, but uh, great to have that you know additional access to events. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you you know in a sales oriented position, client relationships are very important. How do you create meaningful connections with your clients or any pros- prospects, right, that you have? Yeah, I mean it it goes down to you know doing what's right for the client. And being that advocate, I've, I've told many of my bosses um, along the way throughout my career that no offense to you, but I don't work for you. I work for my clients. It's, you know, they're putting trust in me and I need to be able to deliver. And if I don't deliver or if I can't deliver or there's an error that comes back to me and I need to know what happened, why and get them to understand it. So it, and then hoping that we can build that trust back up because trust in, you know, sales, especially at events, you know, is key. And so getting somebody to buy in that you are going to make that solution happen for them and happen in the way that they want is extremely important. And, you know, you can promise the world to them, but if it comes down to things you know, going wrong or, you know, just errors in, in the, how things are, are rolled out, it, it can cost you that relationship. So, you know, and I, I tell people, you know, in the AAF world, especially like membership chairs, it's what value are you bringing to the, the table here? Is, is it a, a good or a service that you're going to, you know, make better for them? Is it just the trust and assurance that they have that things are going to go well? Is it the value of the engagement and the things that you're providing as a, a club or uh, or as a professional? Is it that value-driven? Starts at ground one. Or Ground zero. You got to build that that up, and I I have an email that that saved um, somewhere from years ago. Uh, one of the, the first calls that I made at the TV station, and that was from an individual named Kevin at Lincoln Savings Bank, and he said, "Here's the deal. I would love to work with you. I I can't work with you right now. We we don't have the budget. We don't have the time. Whatever, but." I want to let you know that I appreciate your persistence and 
just remember that the sale is not made on the first call. It might not be made on the second or the third or the fifth or the tenth. And just kind of keeping that, that tenacity there. And I was passionate that I had a solution for them and that I, I could help them, them grow their business. Now, I never got to work with them in that role, but I did get to work with them a few years down the line uh, when they came to me and said, hey, Tom, you've, one, started banking with us and know our product and service. Two, you've been calling on us forever. Three, we've got a brand rollout. Can you help us? And I was able to work with them and kind of build on their idea. And we built some really cool, really engaging uh, videos that went to complement their brand. Uh, so it's it's all about that constant communication. You want to be the first call that is out there. You know, it, if something goes bump in the night, you want to be the one that, that picks up that phone call uh, and know that you can help them out. So, you know, there, there's a lot of great opportunities out there um, to do that, but it's just treating people as you would like to be treated, really. I mean, you want them, you have your own assurances, whether it's, you know, buying a car that this car is not going to be a lemon, that it's going to be reliable. Uh, I know you guys don't have to deal with it as much down there, but for me here in Iowa, I want to make sure that that car drives in the snow and I, I'm not going to get stuck. So it's having those assurances and making sure that you're aligned with people that can bring you that, that level of service or, you know, that peace of mind. Yeah, that's, that's a great story too. And I, I really think uh, if I may extrapolate from it, that also applies a lot to jobs and even, you know, getting people to join an organization. It's all about consistency and uh, inviting them and, or, you know, following up and just, you know, maybe you don't get it the first time. Yeah. yeah. Not the second time. I mean, I've, you know, you know, I've had a job that in the past that I applied for like three times. I didn't get hired until the third time, but I really wanted to work there. So, <laughs> you know, you see, get used to it. <laughs> people do business with people they like. And there's a reason why I've gotten so involved with the American Advertising Federation and why I can say, you know, I've got at least a couple hundred, you know, good quality connections and they're not even connections. It's, it's not even a network. It's it, it really friendships. I just attended, you know, a, a good friend and past ad to president uh, in Kansas City's wedding this past December, uh, which was, was awesome. I expect you know, when I get married to, to see a number of friendly ad to and AAF faces in the, in the crowd. Uh, I was just at our American Advertising Awards last night here in Des Moines, and I love going to those things because I see all these great people, and I want to be around them. I want to work with them. Uh, you know, I want to grab drinks with them, and some of those have turned into some great clients, some great friends. Uh, but also, the other thing is, half that room was full of people that I never have even met. And so I want to understand why they're there or, or what they do. And it's, you know, just a, a great time to you know build a relationship and again, from the ground up. So yeah, it's been terrific. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Like the different stuff you can learn from people who are in your industry or even like different industries. And I think, you know, just hearing from your experience, um, you've given 
us and our listeners like a lot of that they can learn from but going into that further like what advice would you give a young person who's interested in the sales side of the business if you want to get into it just know that it's not going to be easy at, a, at every you know step of the way there have been times where i've had my own struggles whether it's been you know getting fired whether it you know having the company that i work for you know all of a sudden say we're closing our doors um whether it's uh, commission based at a hundred percent, whether it's just a month that sucks or, you know, a client that says, Hey, I'm sorry, but, uh, we're not going to move forward with you. You're not the right fit. Um, there's a lot of rejection in it, but like I mentioned before, at the end of the, the day, there's a lot of promise to it as well. I mean, there's those opportunities where you get a call from a, a good friend and she says, I want to make a music video to pork chops. And we've got this, you know, great artist called Cowboy Troy lined up and he's got a song called Pork Chop. And can you help me, you know, create that and make that a, a unique experience? And, you know, there's you know, just little people that say, hey, we went a different direction last time, but, you know, this time, I think we really want to go with you because we've, you know, increased our budget. We've, you know, right-sized our, our ask, and you guys were just so terrific. I've, I've had a, a client that has said before that you guys are the best presenters. We just didn't have the, you know, right things in place, and so we want to still work with you. Um, it, it won't happen this year, but things will happen next year. Um, we'll, we'll definitely be keeping you guys in the loop. So there's a lot of great conversations that can be you know had and really a lot of great experiences so if you're looking to get into sales you know it can be very fruitful it can be very fun it can be very frustrating so just know that your first sales job could be your last sales job but it could also be just because you, you pull your hair out and say i don't know how i could do this but uh you know some people really love it i i'm looking at my friend uh, Alyssa, who I started out with, I worked in the cube right next to her at Channel 5, and she's now heading up a, a sales effort for this super cool you know, outdoor transit company. It was a startup. Now it's all over the place. I saw one of them uh, on the top of a cab in Vegas just this past week, and I was like, oh my God, that's, that's Alyssa's you know, company, and that's the work that she does. And she just moved to, to London to start expanding in that market. So it's awesome to see, you know, her growth versus my growth and, and others. So it, it's something that can definitely be fun. Um, and you get to pick your clients that the first shot, it was, you got to find whatever clients you can, but as you move through the sales process, you get to understand what your strengths and weaknesses are and who you want to target and who you want to go after and who you want to work with. And then it, it becomes that persistence game and, and bringing that value to the table and, you know, getting them to choose you or over someone else. You know, nobody actually goes out looking for something unless they've got, you know, an issue or they need to, you know, get their name out there. So, you know, it, sales is in itself advertising and marketing. You want to be known before you're needed. Um, so uh, that's, that's kind of what I would recommend if anybody's looking to get into sales, if they have any questions about it, I'm happy to, you know, get connected with any of your listeners and, and encourage them. Um, and 
you know, there's a lot of a lot of opportunities out there. No, that's 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 wonderful, and I definitely can see the you know the tenacity that's needed, and you know rejection is a part of life, and you know you kind of have to just learn to deal with it, especially when you are in a sales position, but even anything marketing related, you know, you're not going to be rejected face to face, but people, I mean, a can, lot of people, like you, you can write a radio script and yeah, it sucks. Like, yeah, you know, so, so it is, it is what it is sometimes. So you just got to keep trying to be better the next time. Yeah. Um, so you kind of touched on this already a little bit, but can you touch, a, can you talk a little bit about the importance of networking and clubs like add to, uh, for young people, uh, whether it be in sales or any other side of the industry. Yeah, you know, and it's it's great for sales. That's how I got involved in it because I recognized, you know, if I'm going to have to get known, I need to be out there in the community. So from a sales perspective, I even had a an old boss that I'm still in touch with pretty regularly here in Des Moines that she said, you really need to get out more and, you know, find your find your niche. And as you guys could probably tell, and Guido can attest to, I'm, I have a bit of a type A, I'm a, an out, <laughs> uh, you know, I am all over the board. I am out at these events. Um, but you know, it, it can be intimidating to walk into that, that room by yourself and, you know, not know anybody. So, and, and I understand that a lot of, you know, our folks on the, the design or the, the delivery teams, might be a, a bit more introverted. Uh, I, I certainly have plenty of those friends that you know, pick and choose their events that they go to uh, because they it mentally exhausts them. So I say jump right into it, but I also say understand <laughs> what you're you're looking to get out of networking. Why why are you in this position? Um, I think that no matter the level of networking and engagement you're at, it's going to be beneficial. You're going to make connections. You're going to find, you could find a vendor, you could find a new agency um, to either work with or work at. Uh, there's just a, a ton of great upside potential to it. And the other great things that the ad two does is it brings a lot of people to the table for professional development that, you know, I'm constantly trying to find opportunities to go to events that I will learn something from that I can take back. I, I sat with my father at a conference that AAF of Des Moines put on. He was only able to to sit for the first half of it, but he goes, God, the, you know, $150 that I paid for this ticket just to hear these two speakers. I, I have gained new perspectives, learned new things that I'm going to take and implement to my you know, my own customers and in my own business, he goes, I'll probably make $50,000, you know, in the next year, just by applying some of those things. So, you know, coming out here and getting an opportunity to learn has been tremendous, but also from the other side of the table, it's really a good way to get out of your, your bubble. I know public service is a big thing for ad too. And I've seen some terrific presentations from that. And it's, again, just a way for you to push those boundaries. I'm not necessarily a copywriter by trade, but sometimes I need to become one. And I am able to you know, find opportunities within AAF to do that or people that I can say, hey, 
I think I, I wrote a stellar script, but it probably sucks. Can you at least give me a, a chance to review it with you? Um, there, there's people that I've met throughout you know, the country that I, I constantly go back to and I say, hey, can you make sure that I'm not crazy on this proposal? Like, am I making sense here? And there's just people that I've gained, you know, great relationships with that, again, are going to be lifelong friends and they're, they're there if I need to poise a question to them. They're there if I need their professional expertise. Um, I, I would love to work with so many more. So if you're getting into it or looking into it, you should definitely get into it. I, I would also say, like I mentioned, it can be scary to walk in, into a room with nobody there that you might know. Um, and I would go to talk to my experience of doing just that. I got involved with the AAF of central Minnesota, which is like four and a half hours away from me in St. Cloud. And I can't go to their lunches regularly or couldn't when I was a member there. But I said, I'm going to go to their American Advertising Awards. Didn't know a soul. And I walked in and they're like, you're that guy from Iowa, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I would say if you're in that position where you're intimidated of walking into that empty room, know that those first people that you check in with are likely passionate members of that organization and can direct you to whomever you want to connect with or, you know, look for people with name badges. At the end of the night, I was taking down their event for them like I was a a normal volunteer (laughs) here in Des Moines. And then I was going out to a a local brewery with them. Um, And one of those individuals is my good friend, Allie Schrader, who, I served as uh, on the Council of Governors with for um, she was on representing District 8 and I was representing District 9. And she's a very good friend to this day. Um, so know that there are people in that room that want to help you. Um, my friend Kevin Fullerton is terrific because he'll say, have you met Tom? Tom, let me introduce you to Guido. And he will help make those connections for people all the time. It's the Kevin Fullerton move is just a, you know, a light hand on your back, kind of pushing you forward into somebody. And then all of a sudden you turn around and he's no longer there. He's connecting somebody else. So there are a lot of connectors there. We're in a, a business that's all about connecting. So um, jump into it, find somebody that's passionate about it, that knows, you know, has a name tag or is behind a desk and let them help you, you know, get connected or, you know, get what you're looking for out of that, that experience. That's some pretty good advice. So like, is, I mean, is there any way that you would um, recommend like standing out at those networking events or like getting noticed by those people that you want to talk to? Oh, as far as standing out goes, I mean, there's a, a number of ways you could do it, but right. I, I think it's <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah way. We're not going like, <laughs> to drop a, a glass or anything. Yeah. Uh, no, no I, I think that there's, uh, a lot of opportunity to, and it's not going to happen in the first event because right. like sales, it takes time. It, it takes repetition. So getting in, involved in just small ways, I say, you don't have to hop right in on a board or join six AAFs at one time. Like I did. Uh, <laughs> and th- that's, that's just crazy talking, <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I dove head first, but there, there's ways to definitely tip your toes in, um, whether it's getting involved in the public service uh, efforts that, 
you know, add two does, whether it's saying, hey, I have this really cool, you know, CEO or, or chair of our board that gives some great presentations. Could I talk to your programs people? Maybe it's something that they'd be interested in. Or, you know, I was just at this really cool venue. Can, you know, have you guys ever heard of it? And just, you know, maybe we have a AdWords trivia event there. Um, you know, just asking people. Uh, and in Des Moines, we have a great program where we've got our membership chair, and then underneath our membership chair for our in-person events, we've got a number of people, sometimes past board, sometimes you know they just want to be involved at a, a small level. And those individuals go out and they're kind of our, you know, our promoters. They seek out those people that they don't recognize. They make sure that people are engaged. Um, they just, they write them a thank you. So there's a lot of great ways to get involved at a smaller level, a, you know, but again, it's that repetition and understanding what your, your level of engagement is. As, uh, as Guido mentioned, he doesn't know when I get to rest. And luckily I only require about four or five hours of sleep before I charge things back up. Um, but also not overextending yourself. Um, there have been in the past year, I've had a number of other organizations ask me to be involved in their, their boards and I've had to you know, respectfully decline. But I always say, I'm not interested. That doesn't mean it's not an interesting position. And luckily for me, they're a number of good friends. So I say, what can I, I do to help you? You know, I'm not the, the right fit for this. I don't have the, the time, the effort, um, the drive on that particular issue, but could I find somebody? Is there somebody within my network that I can connect you with? And my good friend Kathleen uh, at AMA Iowa, she took that and said, yes, could you help me find you know people for that would be a good fit on our board? And I think she's got two or three people that I recommended that are having a great time. And it was something that they had never thought of. Um, but when you, you're asked to be on a board, especially as a younger professional, you, boards aren't made up of old white men anymore. They're made up of diverse, passionate individuals. So if you're asked and you're a, a young professional, sometimes that's like a, a great honor to, you know, even be considered. And I, I've learned over the years that people don't recognize their own talents. And so it might be caught, they might caught, be caught off guard just a little bit. But then they go, well, if Tom thinks I can do it, who's to say I can't? So I really like seeing things like that and, and seeing my friends be successful. And I've been inspired by a number of friends, whether it's my you know, good friends, Katie Dirks or Jackie in, in D.C. They've inspired me to, to do many of things. It could be you know, future leaders that have asked me to step up to you know, different roles. And I never in a million years thought I might be able to do that. But, you know, here I am jumping into, you know, another thing to consider. So I would just say, get involved at whatever level you want, but understand, you know, you've got your limits. So very, very rewarding stuff, though. Yeah, that, that's great advice. Um, definitely something that we can all attest to is that, it can be easy to get burned out when you get involved with too many things. Uh, 
you know, we've all, we're all here involved with the club and different levels. And um, that that's great to hear, right? Yes, it's okay to say no sometimes. Uh, you have to do what's best for you. You know, but very, very much appreciate your answer. Tom, before, you know, they we reaching the end of this interview, but before we go, I want to take a, a second to let you uh, plug in anything you like. Uh, how can people find you? You know, or if you have anything that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, so I am all over LinkedIn. You can just look me up, Tom Tom Woody on LinkedIn. I I wear a bow tie and a mustache in my profile picture, so I should be pretty easy to be found. Um, but no, I'm I'm all about connecting. And if you're looking me up and you're you're in you know, Houston or if you're in AF's tenth district, we probably already have mutual connections. So. Uh, I shouldn't be too hard to find, um, and I'm, I'm happy to discuss anything with anybody. You know, I, I love the opportunities to connect with people, whether it's them trying to find a job or whether them trying to, you know, figure out their their next move or you know how to tackle an issue. I love to have those conversations. I I shoot friends and my network a, a note here and there when I run up against mental blocks and say, "Have you ever dealt with this?" or you know, even if you're wanting to learn more about, you know, Freeman and, you know, our our events that we do, I'm I'm always happy to, to talk about that as well. Yeah, that's right. And um, you did mention that Freeman is hiring uh, at some point. Um, if anybody's interested, can they go to their website and see what the careers options are? And are they all, you know, like the remote or, you know, in person, et cetera? Yeah, no, absolutely. So Freeman, yeah, we do live events and experiences, um, you know, from small trade shows to large trade shows to corporate events. I work on the, the corporate AV production side of things, so that's a lot of fun to be able to work with those. But we've got any level um, of positions are, are out there. I think we've got something like 150 to 200 some careers um, right now. We're, we're large, we've got a large presence in Texas. We're headquartered out of Dallas, but I'm coming to you from here in Des Moines. It's an awesome company to work for. There's so many passionate individuals. Our, our leadership is nothing short of tremendous. And yeah, we've got, you can just go to freeman.com slash careers and you can see kind of everything that's out there, which is a lot. So I, I tell people, don't be overwhelmed. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. There's been times where I've said, I don't know if we've got a, a role for you in, in that capacity. Let me connect you with a, a recruiter to kind of talk through your specialties a little bit more um, because I, I'm not in recruiting. So uh, I would, would love to see more folks join us here at Freeman. Uh, we're working. I mean, we, we've been working remote pretty much since the, in, the inception because we're always on site or we're, you know, producing a show somewhere. And, and I have from, worked remote pretty much my entire career here for the past two and a half years. So yeah, happy to answer any questions if you guys are, are looking for jobs um, as it pertains to Freeman or if people want to move and come to Des Moines, because I've got a, a lot of great agencies up here that are looking for talent, but it's one of those things that, you know, again, whether you're looking for your next career or if you're just looking to, enhance your experience and your, your capabilities. You know, the AAS is, 
has really opened up a lot of doors to me. Uh, I, I've been working very closely with a number of our agency leaders on some government relations issues here in our state uh, and have had some very productive conversations with presidents and owners and, you know, vice presidents and CFOs that I never thought I'd be, you know, having general conversations with some of these people. So uh, that's all thanks to the American Advertising Federation and and Ad2 because I've got a lot of great friendships through, you know, being a member of Ad2 as well. Tom, I think that's uh, the end of our uh, interview. But uh, again, thank you so much for being a part of this. I know that we didn't say this at the beginning, but we tried to record with you uh, back in mid-year, and unfortunately that didn't work out. But this was a great conversation. I really appreciate all your answers. And it was very insightful. Yeah, I can I can talk uh, AAF and Ad2 all day long. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I appreciate you guys coming back to me because it's been a great conversation and I, I hope it's been beneficial for you guys and your viewers yes. as well it's been great thank you so much Tom alright you guys have a great one hey y'all before we go AAF Houston and Add2 invite the entire advertising community to kick the summer off with a fun and casual co-hosted event join us at LaGrange on 2517 Ralph Street on Thursday May 19th from 6 to 9pm for AAF Houston's Beers with Peers Summer Edition while you're there, sign up and stick around to play Add to Houston's Trivia Ad. It's advertising trivia. Square off against the sharpest marketing and communications minds in Houston at this year's Add to Houston Trivia Ad Night. Once again, that's 6 to 9 p.m., May 19th at LaGrange. Can't wait to see you there. Thank you for joining us today. The Add to Houston Amigos podcast is produced at Radio Lounge. Add to Houston is a collaborative collective of young communication professionals age 32 and under, who are looking to make a difference in the industry. If you would like to become an Admigo, join us at ad the number 2 houstoncom You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at ad the number 2 houston Thank you for listening.